From Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Von Warnke, author, speaker, outdoor writer, videographer, TV show co-host, podcaster, and a few other things in the industry. I'm so excited that you took the opportunity to download our show or stream it wherever you are, however you found us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We also want to thank you for leaving your positive reviews about the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or FM Player or wherever you found us. We would appreciate that tremendously as that helps other people find the show and be able to plug into our content. And this show to you is free. So uh, if you like what you hear, please, you can help us out by uh, giving us a review. That would be awesome. So today is going to be a shorter podcast where we get into what to look for when purchasing a used bow. And I'm here in studio with this podcast with Prowler Bill Henson. Him and I are sitting down and doing a um, kind of one-on-one interview conversation, kind of like if you and I were in a coffee shop, you know, uh, having just a conversation about, you know, what to look for when purchasing a compound used bow or a recurve used bow. And uh, this can be universally true with buying a lot of things in the archery world so uh, i think you'll enjoy this podcast i certainly enjoyed recording it with bill here is our interview generally speaking most people don't go out to buy a brand new fifteen hundred dollar bow for their first bow right yeah i didn't <laughs> i didn't either i bought in fact i'm still using a used bow so um and i paid like two hundred dollars for mine with arrows and everything you know i lucked out the guy was getting completely out of bow hunting and was going into rifle hunting full time and uh just wanted to sell me everything well what do you check for when you go in to buy a used bow did you look at this one before you bought it yes absolutely and so i think one of the most important things to look at is to be able to look at the bow in person not to just buy it off of an ebay or a craigslist or something like that without inspecting it in person before you totally purchase. yeah I think that's very important. Uh, the same thing as if you were buying a gun, same thing as if you were buying, you know, anything else. Well, if you're going to buy a used bow, I'm just asking you a question. What's the first thing that you look for? I look at the limbs. Yes, me too. Make sure they're not warped. Make sure they're not cracked. Um, then I look at the string to make sure it's not frayed too badly and make sure the cables aren't cracked or warped or... Um, are frayed too badly and um those are kind of the first initial things i look at uh the second thing i look at i look at the limbs first i look at the base of the limbs okay the next thing i look at is the tips of the limbs then i look where the cams go in so i'm looking for any crack or worn spot uh is there a worn spot on a limb like somebody's had it in a gun rack forever right. driving around the road with it limbs and cables don't bother me because uh, i'm probably going to change them out anyway right and that's the first thing i would do if i buy a used bow because you do not know what stress has been put on that bow yeah generally speaking you don't know unless you know the person that owns it uh you don't know um you know has it been dropped has it been dry fired Yes. You know, anything like that. Um, I used to shoot on Night of Eagles, and I shot at a deer one time, and I was shooting out of a elevated stand. It was kind of like an elevated box stand, and it had a lip on it. And uh, a Night of Eagle, whenever you cock it, the, the limbs actually cock themselves. Mm-hmm. 
I own a screaming and when eagle. I so. released it. The bottom limb hit the stand. Ouch. Well, the bow jumped. I almost slapped out of the stand. I was able to actually catch it because I had a wrist wrap on it. But Oh, thank goodness. Uh, carried it to the shop that day. I got down out of the stand. I didn't hit the deer. Uh, but I got down out of the stand, carried it to the shop, and told him what happened. And he was a no-doubt dealer. He, we looked and we looked and we looked and we looked, couldn't find anything wrong. Put a new string. Had, the cable on it was was fine. Put a new string on it, and went back. Shot it at the house. The second time I shot it, it exploded. Oh no! All right. We went back and looked at it again because the cables and all just came apart. The limbs are still intact. They were right. still there. But everything just blew up. Yeah. Wow. All right. What happened was the base of the limb where the, the cable goes on a no night, it goes around that part. Right. Had a hairline crack in it. We didn't know it. Couldn't when see I, it very uh-uh, well. Couldn't see it. So when I pulled back, it put all the stress in the world on that on the base of that limb, and when it did, it snapped it off. Oh, my goodness. So if I buy a used bow, I made some people very angry at me, but I'll carry my magnifying glass in there and look at it. Mm-hmm. I feel of it, I look at it, then I look at that magnifying glass and the two stress points, the base and the tips. Right. Where the cam is and where the base is. And that's what I'm looking at. Then I'm going to inspect the riser. Is it straight? Is it warped? Yeah. Is it warped? <laughs> uh, I'm looking at all these things. Yeah. Uh, and I know that's... I mean, you know, when I pull out the magnifying glass, they, they just start shaking their head. But, <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, I, I bought a bow and brought it home, a used bow, for my son, and I shot it. And the first time I shot it, string broke. Oh, my. After then, I never, ever buy a used bow that I have not gone over that with a fine-tooth comb. So that's why the magnifying glass comes out. Exactly. Because you never know. That string was probably cut, and I just could not see it. Right. And now I'm I it, I don't I haven't bought a used bow in years, but I've gone with people that have, and I feel of the string. See if there's any cuts, any weaknesses, frays or frays, you know, right. thin spots, uh, rough spots, smooth spots. And if they are, I say we'll buy it, but we got to change out the string. And if it's at a pro shop, it's no big deal. But if you're buying it from an individual. Uh, best thing to do is uh, if you got any questions at all, don't buy it. Right. Uh, there's too many good used bows out there. I've got one at the house I've had for uh, probably 10 years. I still like shooting it. Uh, and I bought it used. But mm-hmm. the guy needed some money. He said, I, I need $100. And it was a uh, Bowtech. LS, I think is what it was. Well, I know that's what it is. But uh, I shot that bow for 10 years. I still like shooting it. Right. I like shooting my PSE a little bit better. But I'm never going to get rid of it. I got 100 bucks in it. Still a good bow. Got sights on it. Ready to go. Yeah, that's good. Something happens to my PSE, I got a backup because I know how it shoots. 
That's good. Something that my local archery pro shop manager and owner suggested that uh, when I bought my first bow was to not buy a bow, if at all possible, older than five years or so. You heard that before? Yes. Because why? Well, for one thing, fatigue. How much has it been shot? That's fiber. Uh, most limbs are fiberglass. Right. All right. Fiberglass over a period of time of taking a beating, this whenever you release that arrow, those limbs and cams release and all the energy is in that string. But what you don't see is how hard those limbs flex right. and pop. Right. If you ever, I wish I had a high-speed camera because we was taking video of a bow that actually come apart while we was videoing. Oh, my. Uh, the bow was like, I don't know. I don't know how old it was. I'd be lying if I told you, but it, it seemed to be pretty old. And, uh, but it looked to be in good shape, except for one spot. It was discolored. Just, to, you know, you think, well, it's just in the manufacturing of it. But that one little discolored spot's what broke on the limb. And when that limb broke, it's just like everything just come apart at you. I mean, it cut me over the eye. Oh, my. And the string wrapped all up in me and hit me and everywhere else. And I was jumping out of the way. looked like an idiot out there jumping around. This is like Bo, Use Bo Horror Stories podcast. Oh, yeah. but, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that's it, you have got to check it out from stems. If you don't know, get the guy that owns the bow, and y'all go into a pro shop and ask him to check right. it out. Right. That's the best advice I could give you if, you, if you're not a um, – a bow guru, and I hate to use that word because yes. there is really no such thing, but uh, unless you know what you're talking about and, and know you what know you're what looking you're looking at. at. Right, right. You need to get someone else to go look at it. Preferably someone that shoots a lot. I mean a lot. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that think that they're a bow hunter or a bow shooter and they're halfway good. Uh, I know where I'm from in, in the 70s, uh, they thought, or 80s, I should say. In the 80s, they thought that, uh, you know, if I can hit a pie plate 30 yards, I can kill a deer. Mm-hmm. Man, if I can hit that pie plate, I'm good. And they're talking about a piece of, uh, all it is is a paper plate, and they stick it on a bale of hay, and they shoot at it. What, eight inches round, right? Yeah, eight to ten. Eight to ten inches, and there you go. Well, if I can hit that, I'm doing good. No, no. You need to draw a one-inch dot in the middle of that and hit that one-inch yeah. dot. Accuracy is a little bit more defined than that for especially you and I. Well, it should be for everyone. It should be for everybody. But, yeah, it's something we put a big importance on with uh, with what we do with Mac and Prowler and, and what we do in the writing and the podcasting and the video work that we do. Well, you know, um, I've made some, some horrible shots uh, with a bow at Target's. I've had a few uh-ohs hunting with a bow. One is uh, the arrow was not set on the rest. Uh, that was an eye-opener because the arrow goes flying way off, up, out, and away. <laughs> Bye, arrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, we never found that arrow. Goodness. Never even went and looked for it. They don't tell where it landed. Right. But, uh, you know, carry someone with you that knows uh, the archery equipment. Another thing that bothers me is uh i saw a guy who bought a bow one time and i went with him and the the guy who owned the bow he was going to buy it from had an overdraw on it 
and he was shooting super short arrows, high poundage, like 75 pounds or something. Ooh, wow. And uh, that's that's like dry firing a bow every time you shoot. Yeah, it. yeah, with an overdraw, shooting an arrow that, yeah. that, that short, yeah. And he's talking about how fast it flew. Fast is good. Accuracy is more important. I agree. Direction is always more important than speed. Yep. Uh, and I shoot heavy stuff because I want a lot of kinetic energy. I want 60, 70, 80 pounds if I can get it out of a bow. And you can. If you're shooting fast enough, you're shooting a heavy enough arrow. Right. Uh, you, 80 pounds, you can shoot anything in the world with an 80-pound. Yeah, African game. Oh, whatever. yeah. Absolutely. 80 foot-pounds of kinetic energy. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot of juice. Um, the the bow that I'm shooting now, I'm shooting about 62 pounds of kinetic energy. Which is good for just about anything in North America, would oh, you yeah. say? Oh, yeah. I shoot yeah. a bear with it. It wouldn't bother me. 62, 65 pounds, feet, yeah. feet pounds of energy, yeah. And, but I'm only shooting, you know, 55, 57 pounds is actually what I'm shooting. But anyway, I, I talked to the guy and I told him, I said, you don't need this bow with this overdraw on it because every time he fires it, it's like almost like dry firing. It's not dry firing, but it's getting close. So I convinced him that he didn't need to buy it. Well, the guy called him and came off with a bow $100, and he bought it two or three days later or what it was. And uh, he brought it up there, and I told him, I said, well, uh, first thing I would do if it was mine, I'd take that overdraw off and throw it away. Get you some longer arrows. Yeah, get some longer arrows, and you can start shooting it. And he said, well, you shoot it. And I said, nope, I ain't shooting it with that overdraw on there. He said, why not? I said, it's just a phobia I have. I cannot stand <laughs> that broadhead or field point to be back behind my hand. Right. And I'm kind of afraid of, of uh, bows exploding, <laughs> Yeah, which is a normal fear. Well, I've had three of them blow up on me. Wow. And that's not, that's not good. I've only to, had it happen once, but yeah. Today's bows, generally speaking, today's bows, a new bow is, they're all good. You don't know what you're getting into when you buy a used bow. In your case, you did good because you inspected it good. You, you you looked at it over and over. I brought an expert with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all of that pays off because there are a lot of good bows out there, used bows, because here's what happens. Most of the time, this is what happens. I want to be a bow hunter. I want to learn to shoot a bow. Well, I go spend six hundred to a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars on a bow. I shoot it for one year and I put it down, never pick it up again. And it's been right. sitting in the closet all this time, or in the wherever they got it. Generally speaking, those bows are excellent bows because they haven't been used that much. Right. It's kind I mean, of like buying a slightly used car. Yep. Because somebody else took the whipping on the uh, on the uh, yeah, was, I just, it's, it's I only just, new for the first day. <laughs> yeah, I just bought a brand new uh, vehicle. Uh, it's a Ford or something other Transit or something like that. It's a little bitty box type deal. Uh, I like the little old thing for running around town and delivering stuff. But other than that, you know, it's it's okay. Uh, I think we looked at it while I go out there. It had just turned over three thousand miles on right. the way down here. Right. Got 3,022 miles on it. Well, now it is a used vehicle. Right. And they cost about, I think these cost about $29,000. Well, you couldn't give the thing away for 20000 now. 
Ain't a, ain't a person out there would buy it for twenty thousand dollars. It's only new for one day, as that's the old right. saying goes. Yeah. Yep. So there well, are a lot of bargains out there. That's what I was fishing to get into. There are bargains out there to be had if you do your homework, if you inspect that boat, and if you got any question about the string, change it out. Any question about the cables, change it out. You're not talking a bunch of money. No. Uh, you know what? Seventy-five bucks at the most. Yes. If, if cables and strings and everything else that goes with it. Right. Uh, I also look at something that a lot of people don't look at. If I'm going to buy a used bow, do they have puffs on their string? Hmm. If they have puffs on the string, it cuts down on the vibration. The string will last a hundred times longer. And that's like the little spider lily looking things. Well, yeah, that, that does the same thing. Uh, puffs are actually, uh, uh, threads. Okay. Okay. And, and it, when you put it in there, it looks just like a a, a a long, slender piece of material. Okay. And you shoot it about twice, and it's just a ball of fur sitting there. Okay. I know what you're talking about. So do the same thing with the little spider legs. What it's doing is cutting down on vibration. That extends your bow life. And your string life. And string life. And cable. Does it have a damper on it? A damper is a... Uh, a little rod that comes out that actually holds your cables in place or your string. Some dampers actually have a, have a stop on it. Your string goes in and hits your damper and that helps cut down on the vibration, makes it quieter. Hmm. Uh, and I also look at where if they use a um, release, I look at the string right there, the serving on it. Is it indented? Is it wore out? Or does it look almost new? If it looks almost new, it hadn't got a big indention in it, they haven't shot it that much. Probably a good bow. Probably a very good bow, yeah. But my hand is going to go over those limbs everywhere on it, then it's going to go over the riser. I also check for wear on the arrow wrist. Okay. Well, this arrow wrist is worn out. Well, it's been shot a lot. If it's not worn out in good shape, or it may even be a new one. They may have taken the old one off, putting a new one on. But that's some of the things you need to ask. Uh, is this a new air wrist? How long has it been on there? Has it been right. on there since you owned the bow? Uh, stabilizer, does it have a good stabilizer on it? A good stabilizer is nothing more than a damper. What it does is when you hold your bow up, it helps keep it stable. Balanced. It is balanced at that point. Okay, how long is it? Is it a hunting bow? Does it have a damper inside of it that kills the vibration? Yes. That also extends your bow life. Right. So uh, that's one of the, another thing that you want to look at. Um, look at your cap, your uh, cams on both ends of the bow, where the cable goes around it. Get someone to draw the bow and look in there and see how much if there's anywhere inside the cam where the uh, actual cable goes. Oh, that's good. Which you can only see at full draw. Yeah, that's really good advice. Uh, and I, I know that it's it's over. I I go overkill on this, but if I'm buying a used bow, I want to make sure that I'm getting a good bow. It's kind of like buying a used car. I yep. mean, in a lot of ways, it really is. Uh, you know, the, before I bought this little car, they told me to take it home. Test said, drive it. <laughs> yeah. I, they said, test drive it. I said, look, I, I got to go out of town. I'll be gone for three or four days. I said, drive it. I said, I'm going to put a lot of miles on it. I'm going to, to uh, down to Shreveport, and I'm going to catch a plane. I'm going to go to Florida. 
And they said, well, drive it. That's fine. That's what we got it for. We want you to like it. You like it, you're going to tell everybody else about right. it. Right. So that's what I did. I, I probably put 500 miles on that car before I brought it back. And I brought it back and said, where do we sign? Yep. Same thing with a bow. You need to shoot it. You need to shoot it with someone that can hear better than me. Uh, they need to be listening for squeaks. Is the cam dry? Mm-hmm. Is the bow limb creaking when you pull it back? Which is a very good sign that it's a bad limb. Interesting. You need to pinpoint where the sound is coming from. If there is a sound, if there's no sound, you're in good shape, generally speaking. That's some of the things you have to look for. And see the 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 sound of the bow creaking and that kind of stuff as is, far as the limbs go. That's, that's something. No, no. That's something I never really looked at before, thought of before. So you know, that's that's brilliant that you brought that up. That's very smart. Well, you, when I buy a used bow, I usually take my wife because she can hear an ant crawling across a granite rock. I know I say that all the time. She's got the best hearing. I can walk through the house barefooted at night with no lights on, and she'll say, where are you going? <laughs> She'd be three rooms down from me. I go, good grace, live. I wish I could hear like that. Right. She'll say, somebody just drove up. Oh. <sighs> We're in the back of the house, back corner of the house now, very back corner of the house, and they're driving up out here in the driveway 300 feet away. Well, not 300, about 100 feet, really. But, you know, that's that's a good set of ears. You want somebody that can hear. If you can hear, that's fine. Right. But you but want I, to be looking out for those kind of warning yeah. signs. And, and my only, you know, other beef with, motivated sellers because i've dealt with this in purchasing archery equipment before is you know you get some people that are just like hey i just need the money for this just you know if they're a motivated seller they're going to sell it to you cheap that don't don't get pressured into anything right. you know don't get pressured into just buy this because i need the money for it you know you buy for your reasons not theirs yeah so i think that's also important to mention well like i say if you know the bow you know the person you know the right questions to ask you know what to look for you can you can come up with an excellent, excellent, good used bow, and it'll last you for years to come. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I don't know how many shots it takes to wear out a bow, but I've never worn one out. But I change the cams and the string once a year. But I shoot more than most people do. Right. Um, I sh now I'm shooting a PSE. Mac's got a he's got a bow shop and I found a PSN there I really did like and I said uh, how much for the bow he told me I said okay rig it up let's go and cool. it was a little bit long so we shortened the draw on it and everything worked out fine uh I'm still shooting it and this is my third year with the bow so wow that's great and I've been using the same compound bow for I guess it's been about seven or eight years that I've been in archery pretty heavily, and uh, that's the one I bought used. So I'm mm -hmm. looking at buying a new one now. But um, you know, don't if it ain't broke, you know, <laughs> the rest that, of that. That's, that's right. I mean, um, shoot what. One of the things that Mac and I say on Mac and Prowler, we use tell everybody, what you have, right? <laughs> use what you got. I didn't want to take the words away from you, but I at least wanted to, to say I remembered that. <laughs> well, it, it's a fact. I mean, you know, people want to buy. I had a guy the other day. Oh man, that's a perfect predator gun. Well, okay, it's perfect. All right, if you're going to shoot them in about fifty or sixty yards, seventy yards, but don't go out past that because you're not going to be able to hit them. Right. And uh, 
it probably won't do the damage that you need for it to do. I mean, it's, uh, I forgot what caliber it was, a 17 something other. HMR or something like that. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't an HMR, it's something else. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what the thing was. I'd never heard of it. But anyway, it's a little old bitty centerfire bullet. And, uh, you know, yeah, you can kill them with it. You can kill anything that walks with it if you shoot them in the right place. Right. But, uh, you know, what are you going to use the bow for? Right. That's another good question. It's another good consideration. Uh, if you're not going to use it for hunting, why buy a hunting bow? If you're going to use it for hunting, why buy a target bow? Right. I mean, I've got both, but uh, a target bow is usually loud colored. It, uh, mine is, is red, crimson red, and uh, got a stabilizer on it that's four foot long. Yeah, as long as your arm, yeah. right. And uh, yeah, that, that, that don't work for uh, hunting, not for me. And even what style of target shooting? Are you shooting indoor? Are you shooting 3D? Are you shooting outdoor, you know, field archery? You know, there's different bows for that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, that so. really should have been the first thing we mentioned. But, right. Uh, <laughs> We're, it's in here at least. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, do, I, I know some guys that do trick shooting with bows, and they're they're really good. And I know one guy, he, he can outshoot anybody I've ever seen. He's beat the thing with a bow I have ever seen. He's never killed a deer and deer hunts every year with it. Wow. He gets buck fever so bad he can't even pull his bow back. But, you know, like he said, when it, when it quits getting exciting for me, I'm going to quit hunting. <laughs> he just gets out there for the adrenaline rush, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he gets a pretty good one because he's never killed one. He's had several. He could sh- he shot missed several and had some he couldn't even pull a bow back on. Uh, but... That's anyway, great. that's the kind of things that you want to look for if you're going to buy a used bow. That's good. Especially in a compound series. Uh, uh, let's touch on recurve real quick. Sure. Same thing. Look at the limbs. Is the bow strung up when you got it? If it's not strung up, unstring it. I mean, if it is strung up, unstring it. Look at the limbs. Are they warped? If they are warped, take and push them back in the right direction. Do they go there and do they stay? Yeah. If they if it's if the limb is crooked on a recurved bow, and you twist it back straight and it stays, that bow is okay. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't, you do not want that bow. And that recurve I showed you earlier today that I have does have a crooked limb on it, or does have a warped limb on it. And what you have to do is set it to where it's not directly center of as the string goes down with the two notches at the top yeah. at the end of the limb um you've got to set it off kilter you, for it to go you're starting straight. to talk technical stuff yeah now. sorry <laughs> but, but 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 still that that's that is a good point because right. i've got a bow at the house and it's a recurve but it's old it is real old um it's an old bear bow and the limb on it is warped and it will not straighten up but I know how to put the string on that pulls it back straight. That's where I was going with that. And yeah. when I when I draw the bow, and I've got it on video, when I draw the bow, the limb stays straight. That's good to know. And when I shoot it, it goes back to crooked. <laughs> I have to straighten it back up again. Every shot? Every shot. Yeah. And I, I'd never shoot the bow. Uh, it'll stay with me as long as I live. But uh, it's the first deer I ever killed with that bow. And it's kind of got a sentimental value to it, so I'm going to keep it. Right. I'll probably never, ever shoot it again at an animal. Uh, recurve bows, I shoot Bob Lee archery. Mm-hmm. They are, in my opinion, they are the best. 
there's a lot of good bows out there. Like, you know, all of the bow companies now that make bows, whether they're compound or recurve, whatever, they're generally going to be good bows. Well, and I've said it before on this, on uh, and all of my work, that there's no real Saturday night specials in the in the uh, bow and the archery industry, really, as far as companies you should avoid. You know, I'd avoid anything that's you know really foreign made, that's you know cheap Chinese junk or anything like that. But you know, the main brands that you find in the United States are all good for the most part. That's that's one thing that I've learned over the years. I had a friend that went to Walmart and bought a bow. The uh, say the other day he's been probably six months ago his, he wanted to start bow hunting this year he went to walmart and bought a bow wow guess what it's a good bow it's a good bow yeah i don't know who makes it ain't got a clue <laughs> ain't got a name on it it's just a compound it, hunting it, bow <laughs> yeah, it, but it, it shoots now i can tell the difference when i draw it it, right. it, it doesn't draw it's and smooth. have that feel of smoothness and power right that my bows do but it is it shoots good um uh, it only goes to like 60 pounds, but hey, you can shoot anything in in on this continent with a 60 right. pound bow. Right. I sh- I've got a 50 pound recurve uh, Bob Lee bow and custom made, got my name on it and all this. Thanks, Bob Lee. You know, it's it's a treasure to me. Sure. Uh, I love shooting that thing when I'm bow fishing. It is a oh man, it's just sweet. Cool, and but it's it's so pretty you don't want to carry it out on you know in bow fishing because you get fish slime all over it sometimes or you drop it or something so naturally I had him I asked uh, Rob who is uh, Bob's son I said would you make me another riser that I can put a a reel on it a reel uh, a, a little rod and a seat for a reel so that I don't have to use this wrap up thing that I had taped on there <laughs> a spindle or whatever they call yeah those. yeah. And uh, he made me one, and I I still love it to this day. I I have I shoot uh, PSE uh, compound bow for for uh, when I'm going bow fishing, uh, but the one that I really like to shoot is the Bob Lee bow. It's just a sweet bow, and I've taken I, I've taken an elk and four or five deer with it, and I just really do like it. It's smooth. It's powerful. Uh, I shoot it totally different than I do a compound. Uh, uh, Rob has shown me several, several tips about shooting that bow and about the limbs. That's how I learned about wart limbs, how to fix it and all that kind of stuff. And tell me you, you need to need to take this bow or not take the bow and why. Uh, and that's pretty good when you go to the guy who actually makes bows and you get tips like that. Right. That's, that's where my tips come from. I'll be honest with you. Somebody like Rob or Bob Lee or some of those professionals that actually build and make the bows. That's good. But that's my that's my tip for today. All right. Thank you so much for your time today. I just really love sitting down with somebody in studio. It just brings more of a connection to I think you and the audience as well as me in the studio to be able to do the podcast and connect with somebody kind of on a more close level if you will and uh that was the way i felt with my experience with prowler bill him and i think so much alike it's scary i know that we're uh, in two different generations and there's a big gap between our ages but him and i you know can read each other's minds almost we think alike uh so it is really good to um 
to get some time with him to come down here to Central Texas and to uh, and to, to talk about subjects like this. We have one more in this series about the legacy we leave behind. I will do that on the next show. And I'm really excited that you took the opportunity to join us. And thank you again for tuning in. If you'd like to, please rate our podcast on whatever media you found us on, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, FM Player. Um, there's just a ton of different things that we're out there broadcasting on. So we would really appreciate if you would leave us a positive review as that would help other people find us. And that is kind of how we like to spread this show organically. So um, you can learn more about me or watch my videos. I've got a new video I'm getting ready to post um, about the time I'm releasing this podcast about a doe hunt that I took last weekend. And um, that was a fun video. And I just finished editing that. And I also have some other content, some new articles that I've written at my website at dustinsprojects.com. And then you can also check out Mac and Prowler and everything that we do at macandprowler.com. That's M-A-C-A-N-D-P-R-O-W-L-E-R.com. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for reading. And thanks again. Have an awesome day in the outdoors. Mm -hmm.